Welcome to Practice That, podcasts for the practice manager. Today's Tuesday, the 9th of November, 2021. I'm Ann Davis, Faculty Manager with the RACGP, and with me once again is Stuart Chan. Stuart is a partner with Kutcher and Neil, an accountancy and finance firm. Stuart, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me, Ann. Today's topic is about ways to grow the business. And just as a important reminder of the importance to seek further advice for individual situations, because Stuart's comments and advice today is of a more general nature. So lots has changed with medical practice over very much the last couple of years, but certainly over the last 10 years or so. And to remain financially viable, practice managers really do need to start thinking as a business rather than just a practice. And Stuart, I know you have a lovely formula to consider different growth strategies. Now might seem like an appropriate time to talk about them. Yeah, thanks, Anne. You know, we've had a chat over the last few sessions talking about different tools and mechanisms. And we talked about budgeting and we talked about structuring and structuring for asset protection, budgets and KPIs most recently, and and even the cost of a consult. So our four ways to grow concept or, or tool or strategy is another one of those mechanisms we use to have really, I think, good conversations with our practice owners and particularly the practice managers to help drive strategy. So the formula is the four ways to grow formula. And there's four bullet points or four items in it. The first item is to grow your practice, you really need to increase the number of patients. So number one is about the number of patients. Number two is we need to increase the number of times that those patients return or visit us, as it were. So recalls, for example. Number three is the increasing and having strategies to increase the average amount that the patients spend with us. So I think, Anne, you mentioned, oh yeah, healthcare plans, for example, this is something a patient needs, which is absolutely correct. Well, as long as they need it, but are we offering that to them and are we actually doing that? So number one, increase the number of patients. Number two, increase the number of times those patients return to the practice. Number three, consider ways to increase the amount that they spend with us. And that doesn't necessarily mean them putting a hand in their pockets, just, you know, Medicare, for example. So that's the first three of the four ways to grow. And if you, and being the typical accountant, if you think of that like a profit and loss statement, those first three items are really associated with the income section of a profit and loss statement. So it's all about, well, how do you grow your income? The fourth item in the four ways to grow formula is to review and consider the efficiency and effectiveness of your practice processes and systems. So practice processes and systems is really about the way you conduct your business or your practice and really talks to the overheads, I guess, if we're thinking of of that profit and loss statement. So are we spending the right amounts of money in the right areas? You know, look at salary and wages and rather than is it too much, but are we getting good bang for our buck out of that? Do our staff actually know what they're doing? Or maybe it's there's some technology that we could implement, as it were. I think that you're right. I like your the split of the first three looking at income streams and then that fourth one very much about how we manage really and this is where a practice manager will have quite a significant impact because 
the efficiency and effectiveness of systems has just so many different elements. The right person, the right skills, the right resources. I can remember one practice that David and I were involved with and he virtually just transformed the treatment room to make it more efficient and more effective. Having said that, there was some expenditure. He moved from fixed workstations exclusively to something called computers on wheels. So that really meant that the efficiency of the nurses was greatly increased because the the computer just followed them around. So I think that you're right looking at how number four can really look at improving, streamlining the actual activities of the practice. And I think there's another important point to mention as well. For practices to grow and to improve their profitability, and we've said it in the past, profit's not a dirty word. You need to be profitable so you can be financially viable. You can't continue to cut expenses to generate more profit. You do have to grow the gross income side of things as well. So I guess it's, whether it's coincidence or by design, items one, two, and three are about income. So the focus is more on the income. What strategies can you put in place to increase the number of patients you've got? What strategies can you do to ensure that those patients are returning to the practice for follow-ups? You know, so I get text messages. I know that's not rocket science from my practice reminding me, but it works for me because I tend to be forgetful on that. And I go, oh yes, I've got to get back to that. Without that text message, I wouldn't actually go back. I forget. And number three is, well, what else can that practice offer me? in terms of medical services that I need anyway. So, you know, my skin checks, for example, as another one of those items. So it's really, I think, having a conversation for the practice managers that have that same conversation with the practice owners or with themselves. And I know that before we started this podcast, we had a a bit of a chat about the client service matrix. And, you know, it's a lovely two-dimensional matrix. I mean, management people love two-dimensional matrices. makes things easy to think about, easy to put some structure. And I think this matrix might assist managers with looking at those increase in income, one, two, and three. Just to describe it, on the vertical axis, you would have clients. At the lower level, you would have existing clients. On the higher level, you had new clients. Then on the horizontal axis, it's about services. And again, you would have existing and new services, which gives you four boxes. And when we're thinking about increasing patients coming to the practice, it's a nice way of thinking about clients, whether they're new or existing, and services, whether they're new or or existing. And really, the first opportunity to increase revenue is to look at box one, which is existing clients and existing services. And a little bit like what you were mentioning with the skin check, does every patient know about every service available at the practice? So I go to the practice, I might have been going there for years, but I didn't know that they do skin checks or they have a visiting allied health or that I could have a mental health care plan. And I think that's where step one in actually increasing revenue is from our existing database of patients and our existing services and just making sure that the patients really understand 
the full extent of the services because there might be opportunities just to increase revenue that way. I think that matrix works really well because it talks to getting new patients in or for the existing patients, number of times they come back. So specifically, it talks to point number two, increasing in the number of times the patients return to the practice. Absolutely. And I think the matrix gives you an opportunity to have a little bit of a structure about targeting new patients as well, in that if we know our existing patients quite well, we will know what services they mostly use. We will know that suite of services that really are aligned with our existing patients. So the opportunity is just to find other patients that are the same as our existing patients because they're going to be more likely want to utilise those existing services. It's a little bit like if you're a general practice and you have a really strong obstetrics and gynaecology service, you know, you might have GPs, that have special interest in ONG and they might be GP obstetricians. So the database will reflect a high number of patients that are in childbearing years. So what's the best way to increase our number of patients, increase our revenue? It's to find new patients that are in childbearing years. So for each practice, you can have a think about how I might find more of those same patients because those same patients are using existing services. And I think when we're looking at your number four, the efficiencies and effectivenesses of the systems, if we've got that happening with our existing services, that's going to, and I'm not too sure how to put this in accountancy speak, but it's not going to cost us any more to have those services to new patients because we already know how we're doing them and how to do them effectively. That's a really good point. There's no variable increasing costs because the costs are already in play. So, and and that sounds like you've got the next topic for uh, your podcast in terms <laughs> of mining the existing database in terms of clients. And there are many software programs out there that can allow you to do that anyway. But that absolutely speaks to point number four, which was ensuring that your practice processes and systems are efficient. So even if you had to spend a bit of money to get a program to identify and drill down into your patient cohort, and it's not a particularly expensive process, you could easily do that break-even that we spoke about previously. Well, I need to find five patients for this new service to cover my costs there. And there you go, an example of implementing different financial tools to, to achieve a better financial outcome for the practice. Any other tips about growing practices before we close? No, I think I would focus on that formula for the moment. And the formula is nice and simple. I guess I would just encourage practice owners and practice managers to consider the practice like a business. And that doesn't mean it has to be a ruthless cutthroat business or anything like that. It's actually quite the opposite. You do need to understand your business so that you can ensure the financial viability of the practice. Absolutely. Stuart, thanks for joining us again. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this podcast. Till next time, goodbye and be kind to each other.